think they're asleep. You think they're asleep. <laughs> oh, wow. Just give Jesus a big praise. Would you do that right now? Wow. Well, it's so good to be in the house of God today. And greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. You know, when I got up this morning, the Spirit of the Lord just began to move so strong in my prayer time. I was so grateful that, you know, just being in his presence. And a verse that just really rang in my heart uh, over and over again as I was praying this morning is in Psalms 19, verse 14. That's where David said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And you know, other versions says, Let my words be words that's pleasing to you. And I just pray that Everybody, as we come to God today and come in this place to worship, as we prayed in our prayer time together this morning, the group that's part of the church that uh, leads in some capacity, we were praying. And I told those, I said, uh, and we prayed that God would just anoint everybody, whether you're just worshipers or whether you're serving, it doesn't matter. And to you that's watching by live stream, that the Holy Spirit will just speak to you and minister to you and bless you. So let's go to prayer this morning. Well, you got something you want to say today? Well, you know, yesterday, all day, probably for about seven hours, I guess, I had um, uh, praise music on. It wasn't singing, but it was just music. And then it had beautiful scenery. And I was just reminded of God's creation. Uh, sometimes we take for granted. It would show rolling hills. It would show streams. And it was just so calming. And I guess I probably had it on for about seven hours yesterday. And just the, the quietness, the peace of God was in my heart. And I was just thanking God for his presence all day yesterday. Well, nothing like the presence of God, as I just said in my prayer time this morning. Uh, I actually was almost late getting going because I, I stayed a little longer in prayer. I started to come and get you. Well, <laughs> probably would have been a good thing, but I was having such a good time. Uh, I was just grateful for what God was doing in my heart and life, and I believe he's going to be able to let me share that with you today. So let's just stand on our feet. Let's pray and ask God's blessings here as we minister here in the room and to those that's a part of us somewhere in the world. Father, we're so grateful again for another privilege and another opportunity to gather together to worship you. And Lord, when we come in your presence, we come with thanksgiving Today, I'm so thankful for each person that's here. God, I'm so thankful for those that are a part of the live stream or those that will watch it at a later time. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that your glory will be manifested in our hearts and lives. That somehow when we leave this place today, we will leave better, stronger, 
And our words will be the words of God. We will yes. speak life all day long. We will not let, um, we will not allow anything to be in our mouth that is not from your word. But we'll speak righteousness, truth, and holiness. So bless today. Minister as we worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. And let's just take a time of entering into worship. Would you do that? the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the God good. <laughs> Worthy of every song can ever sing. Just tell it now. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Say his name now. Jesus, the name above every other name. 
give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, Lord, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. Just give him all your worship right now. Just say, Lord, I will give you all my worship. Right now, I'm going to give you all my praise. Every bit of it. For you alone, Lord, I long to worship. And you alone are worthy of my praise. Come on, sing it out, church.
Yes, Thou, Thou art worthy, oh Lord. To receive glory, say that he's worthy to be praised no matter what our circumstances are he's, many times when things are all right then we feel like oh praise God praise God this is wonderful 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 God you're so good you're so good but you know when the attacks of the enemy come and we're going through things sometimes we don't feel like singing something like that but that's why the Bible says sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise on our on our flesh and our emotions but you know what it shouldn't be we should just say God no matter what's going on and that's what I'm doing today so David let's go there one more time let's worship thou art
Amen. Amen. He is worthy. Aren't you glad that you know how to lift up your voices to the Lord, that one day you decided to come out of darkness and step into his marvelous light? The Bible says we're a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that we should give him praise. Amen. But you turn around and look at somebody and say, you're sure looking good this morning, even though you lost an hour of sleep last night. I know some people probably still sleeping. They probably forgot about the time change, and we've done all we can do to help people to remember that the clock changes. You know, for my part, I wish they'd just leave it one way or the other, but... Whoever is in control does what they do, and so we have to change. And I like the other time change better because, you know, we get that hour. We get that hour back, but we lose that hour last night. But anyway, I just got up this morning and did what I always do. I got up the same, well, I got up early and just give my heart to praise and worship and loving God, and I'm so grateful. Amen. You know, uh, um, in just a moment, I'm going to be receiving our tithe and our offerings. And it is such a joy for Pastor Sharon and me to tithe and, and to give. I know a lot of people struggle with tithing and giving. And, and it's not about the amount of income that, that people struggle with. Sometimes it's fear. It's just... Just thinking, well, I'm born again. I'm the child of God, and let somebody else pay, pay God. I'm not going to do that. And and you know, I never, I never get bothered at people that don't do that because I'm not a judge. As I told you many times, I'm just the mouthpiece. You know. And then there's people that will sometimes give to a need that won't give to just be given to God. Sometimes people will give to missions, but they won't give to anything else. And, you know, then there's those that's generous and that's just givers. And I'm glad that my wife and I made a commitment a long time ago to be generous to God and say, God, we're going we're gonna to give you not only the first part of our income, but we're going to give you other as well. And, you know, God just, just, blesses us uh, God just blesses us for what we do you know I went over to get my car washed the other day and and um, I, uh, I I get the cheap one because I don't need the whole ball of wax that you get at the car wash it just and uh, the gentleman standing there taking my money I looked at him and I just Get, pulled out a $5 bill and give it to him and, and he turned around and he gave me the full wash <laughs> I said I wasn't trying to bribe you he said no no I'm the manager I can do what I want to I said I didn't know you were the manager he said doesn't matter nobody hardly ever nobody comes through here and gives me any money he said but when you come through I hope I'm here he said no matter what you pay you're going to get the top one you're going to get the $21 one so you know 
I, I didn't give to him to get something back, but you know, that's just the way God is, and most people don't realize that. You know, I was at Starbucks the other day and started to pay my, uh, I was in the drive-thru and started to pay my bill, and they said, you don't have to pay the person behind you who's already paid your bill. Just little things like that God does for us, and I'm grateful. And I appreciate any one of you that has participated in helping us with uh, the people in Russia that's fleeing. And let me tell you, a lot of people's fleeing Russia as well. And um, if uh, Danielle, you could put up just a little bit of these pictures, you can just leave them up for a second or two. But these are supplies and things that we've helped pay for. Uh, and this is where they just put them all together. And of course, that's another place there. They're gathering them and then getting ready to distribute them. That's the place where you can see how many people are packed into that place. Um, there again is the truck where they're getting things out, getting them ready to. And then there's a group of people that's, that's refugees staying in this one place. There you see a lady. She'd been brought food with her little child. And I don't know the whole story of any of these. You know, they just, the people that were supporting, just send me pictures to let me know that they're busy touching the lives of a lot of people. There's people in the van, just traveled, that, those I know from uh, Ukraine to Moldova, getting ready to go on. This group is getting ready to go to Romania. There's another little person there that receiving food. And then there again is a place where they distribute clothes and food. They put it together, get ready to give it out. Another group standing there waiting for food and they're in a small shelter. And then here's a whole convoy of trucks. Look at that. It's a whole convoy of trucks in Moldova that has uh, been collecting food and getting ready to meet the people that come across the border and help them have food. And there they are again outside. Don't you feel good being a part of this? You know, these people are suffering. They have nothing. They've left everything behind. I mean, it's just, just sad to see this, that everything has been left behind. That's people waiting in line for food and for supplies, the things that we've offered to them. There's bags of food that's been made ready. Once again, the truck showing some beans and stuff they're getting off. We're just grateful for the people that are on the ground working so hard and diligently and they said sometimes we work 20 hours a day with these refugees, helping them and helping to provide for them. So thank you for everyone here in the church. You that's in the church somewhere abroad, thank you for being a part of this because um, what you do, we send to them and help. And we're grateful for all of you that's a part of this. You know, I want to read a scripture this morning about giving and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 
And, and you know, I would never try to coerce, try to pressure someone to give because if I did, you wouldn't do it the right way. But the Bible is where I go to from my source for anything. And it says here in verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, But this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who reaps, reaps so sparingly shall reap sparingly. You know this, I think it was Monday, our garage door wouldn't open. I did everything I know to do to fix it where I could raise it up and I couldn't and so I called our son David, what I always do. <laughs> David came over and he said, well dad, the spring's broke. And and, and I said, well, I pulled that cord and, that I normally do if something's wrong and it, it just wouldn't, I couldn't push it up. He said, no, if the spring's broke, you can't. So he and I together got the door open finally so we could get our cars out and get here to the office. And, and uh, <clears throat> so we called a, a young man, Brett Boyd, that used to be our youth pastor here. And... Um, Brett's got his own business now, doing very, very well, very well. So uh, Pastor Sharon uh, texted him and said, you know, our garage door is broke. Can you come and look at it? And so he came over and looked at it. And he said, well, your spring's broke, but I'm going to put two in for you. And so when he gave us the bill, we saw the bottom line. Whoa, I didn't know garage doors cost. He said, but I'm not charging you that. I'm charging you just for what I paid for the parts. I'm not charging for anything else. See, God has a way of making up. And I, I just looked at Brett and I said, thank you, Brett, so much for, for your kindness and for your generosity. And he said, well, you know, I just want to bless you. I just want to bless you. So that's the way God is. And so he said, I say unto you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. For me, that was a bountiful uh, overflow because, you know, some people say, well, if I tithe and give, how come something breaks? Because they're, they're, <laughs> they're not made to last forever. You know, our refrigerator, our refrigerator is, uh, I think, 11 years old now, you know, and it makes a clanging noise, and, and uh, you know, it, it, something in the back, I don't know what it is, and <clears throat> I don't know how much longer it's going to work, but I just, it just keeps going, so I just keep using it. I don't go, uh, you know, trying to buy another one, and I just look at it as, or to everything it lasts longer, I'm grateful. You know, the last one I think lasted 15 years or more. I don't know. And then one we had, we gave to David and he wore it out. And uh, uh, God just has ways of, of helping us, you know, in little things. Some people don't look at it in little things. But every now and then we'll be in bed and we'll hear that clanging noise. And, and it's when water goes to the ice maker. <clears throat> <laughs> that it, it makes that noise, you know, and uh, I just pray over it and put my hands on it and say, uh, refrigerator, keep working, just keep working, and it'll just, it'll do that for about 15 or 20 seconds, but I just keep on going, 
thank God that it's gone another day, another week. It's been doing that now for about four months, but uh, it just does it every now and then, so it just keeps keeping things cool. So uh, I'll say, that's cool, God. Anyway, um, then it goes on to say, and here's, here, here is something. First he said, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow good seeds, you're going to reap good seeds. But then he said, so each, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I would never try to make someone feel guilty over giving or not giving. Because if I did and they gave out of guilt, they're not going to get blessed for it. The Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. And so every time we give, we give cheerfully. And because we give cheerfully, God always supplies our need one way or another. And he's always met our needs here in the ministry one way or another. And you know, I think about, you know, I get letters from, from and, and I get people that sometimes say, well, uh, my spouse don't believe in giving and so I can't give. Well, you know, if Pastor Sharon didn't want to give, I'd give anyway. If, if I didn't want to give, knowing her, what she gets, and you know, she, she works as hard in the ministry as I do. You know, y'all see me and y'all see a lot of what I do. You don't see it all, not near all of it, but you see me and then you come to church on Sunday and she's sitting there and then she says a few words up here uh, on Sunday morning or sometimes if I happen to go out of town, um, she, she ministers sometimes. And, um, but you know, I think about her. She would give anyway because she helps provide. And if she gets something on her own and she helps provide, she's got, she's got her own will to do what she wants to. So when people say, my spouse won't let me, I'm not in your shoes, but all I can say is, the Bible says, let each person purpose in his heart or her heart. So we purpose in our heart that we're gonna be givers. And when we do, God opens the windows of heaven as he said he would do. So you that are helping us, wherever you may be, you that give, I just pray that you'll do your part. There's the place you can send it to. Just go to our website, elglobal.church. And if you'll go to elglobal.church, you'll find the place there to um, click on and send your offerings and your tithes. Thank you so much. Well, just give Jesus a hand clap of praise one more time. <laughs> David, I'm just a little bit echoing up here on the stage, so if you can give me just a little less volume, maybe. Let's just thank God. Father, we thank you for every person that has given today or that will give. And we just ask, as they tithe and give, that they will find the joy in giving. They will find the blessings in giving. And they will see you open the windows of heaven and give back to them, pressed down, shaken together.
and running over. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, bless you. I'm going to get right into the Word of God this morning. And I want to talk to you about attention. What has your attention? Who has your attention? And this is very important that we know who has our attention. Many times thoughts in our mind has attention. Satan is using things to take your attention away from the things that you need to be thinking on. And so I want to go through some passages of Scripture this morning and show you what Jesus said about us having our attention in the right place. The first place this morning we're going to start with is in Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Now, I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified Translation. And it says, Jesus immediately insisted that his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethesda, while he was dismissing the crowd because they had been ministering to a big crowd of people there. And after he said goodbye to them, he went to the mountain to pray. Now, <clears throat> isn't that something that here, this was God's son. This was God's only begotten son that had come into the world, that we know he was both God and he was both man. But the Bible said he went <clears throat> into the mountain to pray. He sent his disciples on. Now it said, when evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and Jesus was alone on the land. Now notice something here. He said, seeing the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea, and acted as if he had intended to pass them by. Now, I want you to notice something. If he was on the shore, and they was in the storm, and it was from somewhere around 3 to 6 o'clock, most likely it had not gotten light yet, how did Jesus see them? How did Jesus see them if it was 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning and it was dark? And they was out in the storm. That meant the wind was blowing and the rain was coming down. So how did Jesus see them? He saw by the Spirit. He didn't see with his natural eyes. And I want you to think about what I just said there, that Jesus didn't see with his natural eyes. I don't believe he did. I believe he saw through by the eyes of the, of the Holy Ghost, of the power of God. How many times do we see something happening the way it is, but we don't see through what's happening? We only see what's happening where Jesus saw through what was happening. Then the Bible says, uh, He came to them walking on the sea and acted as if He intended to pass them by. And we got to notice these verses of Scripture because these men were just like you and me because it said when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out in horror. 
Now look at these verses of Scripture again and think about this. When we go through things, sometimes we're no different than what we read here in the Bible. Here, these were men that had been with Jesus. They'd been in some great meetings. And when they saw Jesus, they, they couldn't even recognize this was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. And the Bible says that they were so frightened and fearful of what they saw, both of the storm and both of Jesus, they cried out in horror. In, in horror. For they saw him and were shaken and terrified. How many is listening here this morning? Does that describe us sometimes? Does that describe you sometimes when life situations come? Well, here, here again, this was the disciples that had just been with Jesus. He's the one that said, get into the boat and go to the other side. But then he went to pray, and then after he went to pray, and they were out there on the water, supernaturally, everybody say supernaturally. Supernaturally, he began to walk on the water. You know, I've never been able to have that blessing <laughs> to walk on the water. Uh, how many times have people tried to walk on the water, but we never succeed? Uh, you know, we're just not that buoyant when we get on water. So um, he said, uh, for, for they all saw him and were shaken and terrified, but look what Jesus said. He immediately spoke with them and said, Take courage. It is I. And then it goes back to the, the Exodus. He says, I am. Not I was, but I am. I'm here right now. Stop being afraid. And then one or two of the other translations that I've read there in those verses of Scripture, he said, be of good cheer. So he's saying to us, don't be afraid, but be of good cheer when good things is happening because I saw them in the storm, uh, even though I, it was beyond natural see what they were seeing. They were seeing the storm, but I was seeing beyond the storm. Then he got into the boat with them, and the winds ceased. <laughs> As if exhausted, by its own activity, and they were completely overwhelmed. How many has ever had things to happen in your life, and you're completely overwhelmed by what's happened, and you sit down, and you're exhausted, and you say, whew, I don't know if I can make this or not. See, that's really what the disciples, they were afraid for their life. Did you realize that? When you read the scriptures, the, the, the disciples were actually afraid they were going to die in the storm, and then it goes on to say, because they had not understood, oh my goodness, they had not understood the miracle of the loaves, how it revealed the power of deity of Jesus, but in fact, oh my goodness, the more you read this, their heart was hardened, being obvious and indifferent to his amazing works. Wow. Let me just talk about this for a minute. Let me ask you a question before I do. I want to say it again. I said it here in the beginning. But what and who has your attention the most? What are you thinking about 
most of the time. When we look at the disciples in this situation, think about what happened. They had just come from a real supernatural setting where thousands of people were. Thousands of people were there, and, and there was a supernatural thing happening and taking place, and the disciples were a part of it because there was thousands of people there, and they didn't have any food, and when they didn't have any food, there happened to be a, a, a boy in the midst that had two fish and some five, five loaves of bread. Now, we're not talking about the kind of loaves of bread that we see in the store or the supermarket. We're talking about little pieces of bread and two fish. Very small, because it was for one person, it wasn't for uh, thousands. But they saw the supernatural power of God when Jesus took the two loaves of the five loaves and the two fish, and then he got baskets and sit the people down and ordered them to sit down. And, and then the disciples began to take those baskets. They, they just kept breaking the bread and filling the baskets till all the people were, 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 had enough people to eat. And the disciples should have come away, in my opinion, from this meeting on a faith high. I mean, if I'd been in a meeting and I'd seen two, two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread multiplied and it fed, fed, five, fed thousands of people, I believe I would have come away saying, oh, God, I want to know you more and more. And I mean, I would have been, if I'd have been in the storm, I believe I would. I would have said, storm, be still. I just watched Jesus, the Master, the Lord, the Savior. I just watched him uh, do miracles. Now, I'm his child. I'm his, I, I've been called to be fishers of men, so we can't die in this storm. You said, you said to each one of us, follow me, and when I thought to follow you, I'll make you fishers of men. So if I, I'm going to be fishers of men, I can't die in the storm. Amen? Amen? That was a supernatural miracle. But when they saw it, did they take it for granted? When we read about the miracles of Jesus, do we say that was then, but now that doesn't happen? Well, what does the scripture mean? It says, in my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What does that mean? It means that we in our generation have been given, as, as the Bible says, in Second Peter, we've been given his divine nature for everything that pertains to life. But so many times, we have hardened our heart by the things that's going on around us, and our heart is hardened, so therefore, we can't see beyond the situation. The scripture said their heart was hardened, being indifferent to the amazing works of Jesus. See, why would their hearts be hardened after experiencing such marvelous things? They saw Jesus, and they saw him coming, and they thought he was a ghost. I mean, they'd just been with Jesus, and all at once they're out there in the storm, and they're so frightened. They See, how many times have we been in our storm, and God's trying to send somebody our way? God's trying to show us what to do. He's trying to help us out, and we're so much into the storms of life that we can't see Jesus. We think that's something else. 
Jesus was not a ghost. It was him. It was him. But they thought he was a ghost. And the Bible said they cried out in fear of both of the storm and of Jesus walking on the water. But he said, be not afraid. Or he said, be of good cheer. And when he got into the boat, the wind stopped and the winds became calm. But they were afraid and indifferent, the Bible says, of his amazing works. I want to appeal to you to say, God loves us. And then when we really need him right now, we really need to know him more than we've ever known him because we're in the time that Satan is very de- working very hard to get our attention. When our storms come, what do you think about? The worst things that could happen to you? Or do you dwell on what God's word has promised you? God's word has promised us great things. See, they were thinking about the natural circumstances and they forgot about the supernatural they had been exposed to. We come to church, sometimes God moves mightily here. Last Sunday at the close, well, in our worship time and and then at the close, you know, uh, we just stood around here and worshiped and and I was just so grateful. and, And as my wife was talking about how she had the, the TV on with worship music and had beautiful sceneries on and singing. Uh, and sometimes she puts another channel on and it's, I think it's Bethel and, and uh, for the group up in California. I think that's the one she has on sometimes. And you can see them get to worshiping and the glory comes down and all at once people are lying all over the floor just worshiping God, just taking time out from their flesh, taking time out from all the things that's going on in their life and then just, just sometimes sobbing. I remember, uh, you know, uh, it's been about over 20-something years now, but I remember a meeting over in Fort Worth we had. The glory of God just felt so strong and uh, we was at Pastor Bob Nichols' church and the glory fell. I mean, it, it was so strong. I found myself just lying in the floor weeping and tears streaming. I couldn't, couldn't even get up. It was so strong. It, I, I wasn't stuck to the floor, but I didn't want to get up. It was so serene. It was so peaceful. It was so good because God was just cleansing a lot of doubt and stuff out of me. I mean, I wasn't sinning. I wasn't doing anything wrong that I knew of, but it was just stuff gets in there. Stuff gets in there, and sometimes you just have to get it all cleaned out. You know, uh, they were thinking, the, the disciples were thinking about their circumstances and forgot about how they had just watched the supernatural power of God work for them. See, when you consider the natural circumstances more than the Word of God, God calls it a hardened heart. Think about what I just said. When you consider the natural circumstances more than the word of God, it's called a hard heart. Of course, we, we are human and we have feelings and we have emotions when situations come. And 
there's a lot of days that all of us have to deal with things that we've never had to deal with before. And so I acknowledge that we do have feelings and we do have emotions, but we cannot let our hearts get hard to the will of God. If we let our hearts get hard over this, our faith cannot work. We cannot get through the storms if we, you know, well, well, I don't have a hard heart. I would never have a hard heart. Well, we wouldn't think that the disciples had a hard heart. See, how many times do we consider the natural world more, more than we do the supernatural world? In our churches today, and I'm not, uh, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that um, you know, it, it, it's uh, more obvious that we go into church today and so many times we have, um, so many times we have a religious experience or emotional experience rather than the supernatural power of God. And I'm praying, you know, we had a prayer meeting Tuesday night and you know, I'd prayed and talked about some stuff, and then at the end, uh, Lynn, that, that helps us pray, you know, she just started laughing, and so we all just started laughing with her. Now, a spirit of laughter wasn't on me. I've had that once or twice, but a spirit of laughter wasn't on me, but I went ahead and laughed anyway because I wanted the devil to know that I wasn't going to let him uh, get me beat down over the circumstances and that I was not going to allow my heart to get hard. I was just going to laugh at the devil rather than cry over the circumstances. Anybody here with me? So, you know, in that we prayed and believed God to do supernatural things. Now, how many times do we consider the natural world, as I said, more than the supernatural? So if we continually think on the natural, we will be in fear, and we can't see God intervene for us. But as long as we dwell on the negative, we'll never rise with our faith. You know, the Bible said, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So we must continually hear the word of God, continually. That's why she said yesterday I had it on for seven hours. Now, it wasn't preaching. Now, we do put preaching on a lot. We do go to YouTube and watch different ministers minister the word of God. Um, if we have some time that we can do that because we like to hear things that keeps us pointing to the way through, not dwelling on the roadblock, not dwelling on the mountain. See, hardness of heart is not just rebellion against God. And that's not what the scripture's talking about here, that the disciples were rebelling. They weren't rebelling against God. But hardness of heart, in its simple sense, is relating more to the natural realm than the word of God and the power of God. So think about that. When we stay so much in the natural and the circumstance, that's when our heart begins to get hard. And most Christians, more than, than uh, we would like to think about, more easily uh, 
think on the natural realm and they consider what they see more real than what they cannot see. The scripture says, the scripture tells us that what we cannot see is greater than the things we see, but most of us, the things we see are greater than the things we can't see. While we look not on things which are seen, but on things which are not seen, for that which is not seen is eternal. So, if we follow what we see, we find ourselves with a hard heart. We know intellectually what the scripture says, but our heart has become hardened because we are living so much in what's happening, so much what's going on. See, uh, many Christians are moved by what they see, feel and hear on the news. So that limits, that limits them in many ways because they're living more, as I just said, by what they see. But God offers, God offers all of us a higher level of living. Everybody say higher level of living. Many never get there because they live so much by what they see. Therefore, your hearts are hardened against the things you can't see. We should be more attentive to what God's Word says than what our circumstances say. We all got circumstance today. Probably not a one of you here or those that are viewing that you're not having circumstance that's very difficult and it's trying to take you away somewhere. It's trying to take you away and get you to think and talk about that more than talk about the goodness of God. That's why, that's why I spend time in prayer. That's why we turn the TV on with worship music. That's why when I'm in my car, many times I just have the Bible on, letting the Bible talk to me. And just hear the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, many people right now are paying more attention to what the news says than attention to what God says. We just need to shut the news off. You know, I was on... I think it was Tuesday night with Pastor King. And he said, I'll watch the local news. But he said, I don't watch the, the national news. He said, I watch for things happening around here and the weather, et cetera. And, and that's, we do that too. Pastor Sharon will turn it on. But you know, when it comes to the world news, I just, I just can't do it, folks. I just can't do it. I don't know how many times, you know, people will say, you know, my son David was talking to me, how he was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, he was saying something different. They said, well, the news says this. Why aren't you listening to the news? The news says this. Well, you know what? The news says a lot of things. And, and folks, I'm going to be real nice and not going to be rude here, but, but a lot of stuff they say is in the toilet. <laughs> Did I make myself clear? Wow, I've never said that before. 
But I'll tell you, that's what it all amounts to because they don't want you to know the truth. They've got their own truth that they have built. And I've talked about this many times. And people go right back and they'll just keep CNN on and even uh, uh, the other news, um, Fox News. I, I don't even waste my time with Fox News. You know, you say, well, you can get a little bit of truth. You may be getting a little bit of truth from Fox News, but they're in the same category as all the rest of them when it's all said and done. Forgive me here and don't take me off the air, but if you do, I'm just going to keep praying and speaking the Word of God because the Word of God is what we need to listen to. Folks, it's, 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 it is... We have no idea of what's going on behind the scenes. That's why you and I need to hear this message today. Now, you that's watching me on live stream, don't you turn me off. <laughs> Quit it. You know, that's what the people will come on and they'll watch for a little while and all at once it gets personal when I'm preaching and so they'll just move me on. Stop it. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm preaching to you. I'm talking to you. Turn that news off. Don't you turn me off. <laughs> He's getting, I don't like that. He's getting way out there. Well, Jesus was way out there. You believe Jesus was way out there when he turned two fish into multiplied thousands of people being fed and five loaves of bread? Do you think Jesus got way out there? Do you think Jesus got way out there when he walked on the water? You said, well, that was Jesus. Well, folks, right now, we need to be walking on some water. We need to be walking on the water. We need to be the ones that's going to say, my heart is not going to get hard. Somehow, I'm going to I'm going to soak myself in the Word. I'm going to soak myself into the presence of God to where God is using me and showing me exactly what I need to do. Amen. Just shut it off. Shut it off. See, having a hard heart is defined another way. And that's by doubt, deprived of wisdom, revelation, and good judgment. So if we want good judgment, if we want revelation, if we want to keep doubt in our, our, out of our life, we need to have a sensitive heart, sensitive to the things of God. Mark 8 17 through 21. And this is another great passage. In this particular passage that I'm about to read, this is where, and I know some of you don't like the Passion Bible, but that's okay. You don't, do, you don't if, if you're going to fuss about the Passion Bible, you're going to fuss about something else. These people get on Facebook and fuss about stuff and say stuff. You know what? It shows their Christianity. It shows their hard heart. I mean, I'm not going to get on there. Ah, ah, that translation's of the devil. They took this off of, you know, the Passion Translation was taken off the of Bible Gateway, but they added an on you version. So it's on you version now, so it wasn't done away with. And so the Passion Translation is nothing more than somebody that goes and looks at the Greek words and the Hebrew words and translates those. And they don't realize, they think King James Version is the only one. They don't realize that King James was just man like the people that's interpreting the Passion Bible. So if you don't like it, just close your ears. 
I'm going to read it anyway. But this passage of scripture was when they had left home and they forgot to bring some food with them. And so Jesus was talking to them because they were talking and squabbling among each other because they didn't bring any food. Look what Jesus said. He said, knowing what they were thinking, Jesus said to them, why all the fussing and fretting to bring bread? Forgetting to bring bread. Do you still not see or understand what I say to you? Are your hearts... Are your hearts still hardened? You know, I, I really never thought about this till I really began to meditate in these scriptures. Honestly, folks, I've read this scripture hundreds of times, and I've never really thought about when he talked about the hard heart, our hearts getting hard. I've never thought about that. I didn't realize that I've let my heart get hard against the moving of the Holy Ghost sometimes, not intentionally. It wasn't my plan to get a hard heart. I didn't say, okay, I'm going to get a hard heart against God. No. It just, when you begin to neglect the things of God, neglecting, it's just like when you neglect tithing and giving. You get your heart hard. I mean, I'm not going to complain about you. It's just you're the missing with the blessing of God. And I'm not going to let somebody else cause me to miss the blessings of God. He said, what I say to you, are your hearts still hard? You have good eyes, yet you still don't see. You have good ears, yet you still don't hear. Neither do you remember. See, we need to remember what God has done for us. You know, many times when Satan really begins to try and bombard my thoughts and get me to looking at things, I start picking out times when God supernaturally moved for us. You know, you've heard me tell the story, and I won't tell it, but I'll just mention it. When we lost, a, 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 when, when we had a piece of property in Tennessee was going to build our a new home on. And you know, this is one of the most beautiful pieces of property that we had ever had. And it was right on the Tennessee River. We could look from where we were going to build the house. We could look out and see the Tennessee River. We could see downtown Chattanooga. We could see uh, on the other side lakes. And, uh, there's a 360 degree that we could see water. And we were way up on top of a hill. And it was one of the most beautiful settings of the Tennessee River. Huge rocks that went down to the water. And, and you know, it was so wonderful. Well, you know, the, the, you've heard me tell the story. The, the person we bought the land for took the money and gambled it away. We lost that piece of property in the terms of the natural. But Pastor Sharon and I, we never lost it. We never lost it. Five years almost later, till God gave it back to us. And 67 other people had that, and some of them even had homes built on that. And they didn't lose just the property, they lost their home. 67 other people. But Don and Sharon Clowers was the only one that got theirs back. 
because we kept tithing and we kept sowing seeds and we never let the devil say, I've taken that. So somehow we didn't let our heart get hard, but we didn't look at the circumstance. We looked through the circumstance. We moved to Texas. We found out that we lost the property. That is what we were told. And uh, I remember when the real estate person told me, sit down, sit down. I got bad news. I said, I'm going to stand up. So I stood up. I was sitting down, so I stood up. And they told me what happened. Well, you know what? Five years later, the, the banker said, who are these clowers? Give them their property back. Just a few months later, a lady called me up, uh, woke me up right here. We were living in Capel, Texas at the time. She woke me up, and she said, I found your number. Why? Well, I didn't put no sign there. I didn't put my number. But she dialed our number. And at the time, this was when we had landlines, and at the time I had an unlisted number, she dialed my number. How she got my number, I don't know. She said, I understand. You got a piece of property for sale and want to, want to uh, uh, sell it. I'm standing on it right now. How much do you want for it? She didn't ask me what I'd take. She said, how much do you want? I told her, and she said, okay. And within three weeks, we were closed. We got twice what we paid for it. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What if we'd gotten hard hearted and said, it's just impossible. God can't do this. Folks, we're in some impossible situations right now with our church building and facility. But you know, tomorrow I believe God's going to supply and make a way somehow. Can you say amen? amen? Now, he said, you have good eyes, I read this, but let's read it again. You have good eyes, yet you still don't see. You have good ears, yet you still don't hear. Neither do you remember. When I multiplied the bread to feed more than 5,000 people, how many baskets full of leftovers did you gather afterwards? He's asking them to remember. Twelve, they replied. And when I multiplied the feed to feed over 4,000, how many large baskets full of leftovers did you gather after? Seven, they replied. Then how is it you still don't get it? <laughs> Ooh, King James out there says, how is it that you don't understand it? Same thing. So, you know, how is it that you hear, I hear, preaching all the time, but yet we still don't get it? We still let the devil beat us up sometimes. But I'm saying today, let's turn things around. Amen? Amen. He said, how many times, how is it that you don't get it when, when the fish and the bread multiplied not once, but twice. You were there. You saw it. You helped demonstrate. You helped uh, distribute the food to all the people. That, how is it that you can't believe right now when they were quibbling over not bringing bread? See, so many times, that, that, that's way even when it goes back to our giving. See, some people are afraid to give. They really are. 
are a lot of people afraid to give. They're on a limited income or a fixed income. And, and so they live by that fixed income. That's all they're ever going to have because they're afraid to tithe and they're afraid to give. So they, they fix their income themselves. No, it's, no, no, it's, it's Social Security and, and it's fixed. Well, you know what? When you don't tithe and give, you've helped, you've helped solidify that's all you're going to get. But if you could just learn to trust God and not have a hard heart towards tithing and giving. I, I've never said that before, but reading these scriptures, when people don't believe God enough to tithe and give, they've hardened their hearts against tithing and giving. So therefore, they have limited themselves. Then you see others, they're wealthy and they got a lot of money and they don't tithe and they don't give. But you know, life is not over for them either. And they hadn't had to face Jesus yet. Now, I'm not saying they're going to hell because they don't tithe, because they don't give. But I know one thing. God wouldn't tell us in his word to be a cheerful giver and that he loves a cheerful giver. And then those that's not tithers and givers, that they're they going to get the same rewards that the people that give. It's just not there. See, when we're in need of something, why can't we believe God will do it? See, when we think and focus on what's happening, rather than the power of God to work in our situation today, when we focus more on our present circumstances, that's when Jesus said, your heart gets hardened and you can't see. We hear the word of God over and over again. We know it. But do we really give attention to the Word of God. Do you really pay attention to the Word of God? You know, uh, Sharon talks to me a lot of times, but when she says, Don! <laughs> she gets my attention. She, she, she very rarely ever says, Don! But when she says that, Don gets up, if I'm in my office, wherever I may be, if I hear, usually I can hear no matter where I'm in the house when she says that. I go running. What, 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 what is it? What do you need? <laughs> she gets my attention. You know, I think about, I think about when Elisha, you know, he had, he had heard what was going on between the Israelites and the, and the Syrians and how the, the king was saying, what's going on here? Every time we, we try to do something, we get roadblocks. Somebody in here is telling. What? Somebody's telling the king what's going on. Somebody said, no, it's not. It's Elisha the prophet. He knows what's going on. So think about this, folks. Look how the devil does stuff. He sent a whole army after one man. Let us start looking back in the Bible and seeing what God did when we're in the midst of the mire, when we're in the midst of the muck, and we're just looking and saying, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get through? Let's just say, Jesus, you did it for Elisha. You sent, you, you know, the whole army came and, and the servant looked out and he ran to Elisha and he said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? There's so many. What are we going to do? Elisha said, God opened his eyes, 
that he might see. Jesus said, you have eyes to see, but yet you don't see. You have ears to hear, but yet you don't hear. He wasn't talking about our natural eyes and ears. He was talking about seeing by the Spirit, seeing by faith, hearing by faith. So he said God opened his eyes, and so he, the servant looked around. And what did he see? All around the Syrian army, he saw angels. He saw horses and chariots of fire. And he said, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Can we believe that today? The ones that's with us is more than that can be with them. See, when you look at all the things you're going through in the natural world, we've got to understand there's something greater going on in the spirit world. And if we could realize and focus on him and do what he says, do what he says, do what he says, not just the part that you like. See, that's the problem with many Christians. They do the part they like. I don't mean to just keep going back to tithe and giving, but you know, I, you'd be amazed at how many people never give a dime to God. People that come to this church, and, and I'm not complaining, I'm glad they're here. Maybe one day we'll get their ears open. Never give a dime. Never give a tithe, never give an offering. But you know what? I love them still because they're God's child. God loves them. But they're the one missing out on the blessing. And God supplies our need one way or the other, whether they give or not. Is anybody with me? Now, notice this now. What you focus your attention on is what you're sensitive to. If you focus your attention on all the problems of the world, you're not you're going to be sensitive to that. Satan is after the attention of the believers. If he can get the attention of the people that's viewing right now, the people that's in this building, if he can, if he can get their attention, that's what he wants to do. He wants to get your attention. He's already got the attention of the world, so he doesn't need that. He's already got that attention. But what he's trying to do is step into the body of Christ. And many of the believers, he has their attention. Where is your attention? And what are you focused on today? What are you focused on today most? Satan wants to keep people locked up at home and afraid and keep them from the supernatural blessings. I already said what you focus your attention on is what you're going to be sensitive to. So if you're focusing on fear and staying home, you're never going to come and sit with the saints and enjoy the saints. If you come here, if you come here or in church, it's better than it is at home. Now, I'm not saying don't, don't stop watching. Here's Loretta this morning. <laughs> Loretta was down in Louisiana, and, I, and she'd left me a voice message, and I think she said she's going to stay there two or three weeks. 
What are you doing here this morning, Loretta? She went to Louisiana. She got in her car and came back in bad weather to be here this morning. Loretta, what are you doing here? She was writing in on the she was writing in on the live stream last week. Oh, I missed this so much. Oh, I wish I was in that so much. There's something that's better in when we're together. The Bible said, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves. So Satan wants to keep people in fear and keep them locked up or keep them lazy because now that they've been away and streaming is so easy. And the, don't turn me off again. <laughs> you that's watching, don't you turn me off. Don't you get mad at me. I'm just trying to help you. You should be here if you're, if you're close enough. You should be here, right here, where the power of God, where the anointing of God is. We need to be standing together in agreement, praying, rebuking the devil together, rejoicing in the spirit together. Amen? Well, I could go on and on, but let me wind this down. We're in perilous times. Church, we're really in perilous times. We need the favor of God on our lives every day. The other day I was listening to a friend of mine, Rick Renner. Rick and I have been friends for many years. He's a great Bible scholar. He and I have done ministry together in India. We vacationed together with him and um, Denise and, and Hawaii. Just Rick is... So, I mean, he's just a brilliant man. And he speaks Russian with a perfect tongue. He speaks Greek and he speaks English. He understands. And, uh, and I was listening to Rick the other day. And, of course, you know Rick has built a monster church in Moscow. Just... When I say monster, I'm talking about a mega church in Moscow and thousands of people attend there. Then they have satellite churches all over Russia and they have satellite churches in, in Ukraine. Well, Rick said, uh, there's been a change. He said, people are, he, he, he said, he said, even in Russia, regardless of what Putin is doing to the Ukraine, he said, Businesses are pulling out and people are leaving by the thousands out of Russia. And he said, uh, inflation here, because of the sanctions that's been put on Russia, he said inflation has really increased. And he said it's very difficult for people to get. But he said people that's been watching on streaming are trying to get a way to get to the church because they want to be near a human body that's speaking the word of God. So if people in Russia need to, 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 can watch it on live stream, but it's a great sacrifice to them to go to the mother church instead of the satellite church. See, we're living in a time that we need to focus on God's love, His goodness, and His mercy. And we should really be going to the house of God and join it in with other believers. Rick said this, and I believe it. He said the anointing is greater in the house of God than it is when you're watching it at your house. I believe that. You know, I, I know people can't get out and people can't do sometimes. 
But it's an excuse many times too because it's easier to sit there with a cup of coffee or drinking juice or having dinner or whatever you do and have the stream on. It's easy to do that. But you know what? God wants us to come aside. Jesus sent the disciples to the water, but the Bible said he went to the mountains to pray. He didn't turn the live stream on. Of course, we know he didn't have live stream. But he could have gotten the boat and gone with them. But he didn't. He did it the way God had told him to. Now, I, I'm going to close this. And Cheryl, go down. Uh, I, I'm going down to my last page at the top of my last page. You can put this on the screen. Let me ask you the question and answer it honestly. What do you value the most? What are your daily priorities? Is it money? Is it things of the world? Is it selfishness or selflessness? Honesty, loyalty, compassion, humility, integrity, kindness, trustworthiness, gratitude, patience, generosity. What is your relationship with God? What do you value the most? Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart moves to what you cherish. And God, I believe, is saying, hear my words. It's time to move towards me. Now, we can't move to God out of fear. It must be because we desire him, because we love him. You know, I heard of a couple that live together and they hate each other. They're married and they got kids and he's got a lot of money. But he said, I can't divorce her because if I do, she's going to get half of what I got and I got too much. They're staying together out of fear. They're not staying together out of love. How many, how many people, how many people really have a hard heart they have a hard heart towards each other, but stay in the same marriage together. Because she didn't want to give up the money. He didn't want to give up the money. She knows if she divorces him, she knows she's going to be, have plenty of money. But she lives in the torment to have her money. I, I could go on and on about stuff like this. The question is, what do you value the most in life? The answer is not in what you say. The answer is in what you do. You can tell me one thing of what you value the most, but what you do is what you value. Every day, you make multiple decisions about what you will do with your time, your energy, and your money. As I ask you this morning in close 
I know I've been direct today. I have no apologies because it's easy to be in pain and struggling and have a hard heart and can't see through what God has in store for you. But today, God wants to take you to a higher level. You that are viewing, you that are here in the room, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today's the day to make Jesus Lord. Today is the day to put him first in your life. Today, if you've let your circumstances cause you to be hard against the will of God, somehow, in some way today, let Jesus take away that hardness and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Pray this prayer with me, Lord, everybody. Dear Lord, I come to you now. I submit my heart. I submit my life. I give you my all. Jesus, I believe you died and you were resurrected. So I, can, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and making me whole. Stand on your feet with me, everybody. I want to take just a moment. And I want us to just worship the Lord. I want us, you know, last week I just had us to come down and stand. If you could just come down closer to me, I'd appreciate it. Come down close to me. Little woman in the Bible, I think I talked about her last week. She said, if I could just touch his clothes, get close enough. That's it. Just, just move on down close, if you will. Just move on down close. Thank you. You know, there's a song we used to sing years ago. David, I don't, I left my printed copy out at home, so I don't remember which one we talked about. But there's one I want you to do. It's different than we did talk about it, but it's not the one. And I want us to have David leave us in this song, and it's the power of your love. It's an old Hillsong song, and I love this song because it, there's a place there that says, draw me near, draw me near, hold me by your side. And I want us to recognize the love of Jesus this morning. My message has not been to offend anyone. How foolish would that be to get up and preach a message to offend? I'm blunt. You say what you want to say. Absolutely. <laughs> As I said, the ones that gets on Facebook or other things and they say this garbage stuff. 
you say what you think and you want us to like it or lump it. Well, most of the time I lump it because I'm not going to pay any attention to garbage. Well, you can turn me off if you want to. That's your privilege. You have your will. You can turn me off in what I'm trying to help you with. You can turn me off live stream. But you know the intent is not to make you mad to turn you off or to argue with you because people on Facebook, social media that create arguments, they don't solve any problems. But I'm preaching the Word of God. And I'm telling people the truth. And even different translations. Sometimes I know I, I, have, I go back and look at the Greek word because I don't want to read something that's not accurate. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a novice. See, sometimes people treat me like I'm a novice, that I don't know the Bible when I read it. And then some preachers get up and say there's only the King James. Well, that's pride. That's pride. And then, and you know, there's people that think they're the greatest people in the world of those people that they follow, but they don't tithe or give into their ministry, but yet they'll say, this is the man or woman of God. You gotta tie somewhere. And if you believe in a minister and you believe the King James is the only one, and that's the only one they preach out, you should be tithing and giving there. Amen. I'm a little riled this morning. I read these scriptures and I saw in there, and I honestly have read this. I know I've read it. Uh, over 50 times because I read through the Bible. I'm, I'm read through the Bible more than 50 times, but each year I've read through the Bible for 50 years. And so I know I've read it at least 50 times, but I never saw till I was reading this and the other day it struck me when it said, I'm sorry? It's funny how that works. That's why sometimes I preach over and over again the same thing because people didn't hear it the first time. I know Pastor Sharon talks to me sometimes and I don't hear her, but when she says, God, I hear what she has to say. Thank you, Jesus. I want to take a minute. If you're mad at me, get glad. I was only trying to help you. I was only trying to tell you, don't be religious. See, a lot of people don't realize they're religious they're not really flowing in His grace. They're not really flowing in His love. They're not really accepting other people. Just as when, when people do wrong and sin, it's not my right to judge them. They stand account for what they do or don't do. Amen. David. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from your grace that I found in you. Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see.
will see where they've allowed their heart to become hardened to the will of God or the things of God. How we forget, it, Lord help me, the things I've forgotten when I'm standing in front of a present circumstance of how you moved for me in the past. Help us, Lord, to go from this place or those that's watching by the live stream or watching at a later time that their hearts will be softened and say, Lord, forgive me for a hard heart. Let me surrender my will to yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We say goodbye to you on live stream. I'll see you Tuesday night. Would you be seated just for a moment? Thank you.